from beside the roaring fire and deep in the heart of Dixie. It is I, Little Lukey Bear. And I am Little Maxie Bear. Today's episode of I Guess We'll Do It That Way features Dave, Spooky Farino, Uncle Zay, and Dada Bear. And now, some wisdom. For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing. They have no further reward, and even their name is forgotten. Their love, their hate, and their jealousy have long since vanished. Never again will they have a part in anything that happens under the sun. Go, eat your food with gladness, and drink your wine with a joyful heart. For God has already approved what you do. Hell yeah. What's up, Uncle Zay? Testing. Testing one, two, three. Testing. John's trying not to make eye contact again. I'm staring at the woodwork in Uncle Zay's office. I'm staring at a snake plant. Are we both sick? Uh, yeah. I think we are, thanks to you. A simple equation. One sick person plus close proximity with another person equals two sick people. The transitive property of illness. Hmm. That's still a theory. Germ theory, John, not germ law. <laughs> it's not a fact yet. It's germ theory. You made it a fact in my body, though, that's for sure. Ooh, that sounded romantic. Yeah, it was a... We, uh, we went out to breakfast this morning, and I suddenly realized why I have 100% of your germs in me. You cut me a little piece of toast this morning. You're like, try oh. this, try this. And your fingers were melting the butter on top of the toast as you handed it to me. <laughs> I still ate it. I did eat it. <laughs> It's kind of like when a little kid like wants you to hands you something and you're like, there's literally your snot all over it. All over it. I can I, see your snot on it, which I means there's you. a lot of germs. So I'll eat it. And I did. Yeah. Well, that's very nice of you, John. And now I'm looking for Kaiser Permanente. So we're doing, John, we're doing an episode of, I guess we'll do it that way. Surprise, mm. surprise. Mm. A bonus episode to recap your trip in LA. We are now recording in the Mama Bear Den, the studio. The bear den. Ah, that's the bear call. Ah, that's the, the bear call. Yeah, that's the bear call. Not a lot of hibernating no. happening in this cave, though. No, no, certainly not. In Only fact, working. What, what was here yesterday? Great question. What was, was in this cave? You, we were in what they call Video Village, mm. which is... Video, it's, um, it's a small village. Its main export is video. Mm-hmm. As well as some fishing. Population five. Population, it fluctuates depending on uh, the season. We were shooting a short film, which I believe we mentioned, Fortune Teller. It's about a fortune teller. Uh, uh, A little girl finds this old fortune teller that's like made out of a newspaper. What is a fortune teller? I don't know. You remember, okay, you know those paper things? It's those paper things with the points on it. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at one right now. Where you like, you open it and close it, you know, kind of makes that, that kind of noise. Kind of is, like a bing bong noise. Is it a two person game? At least, right? Or could you do it by yourself? Do people do it by themselves? I guess you could do it by yourself. I think it's two people. That sounds kind of sad. The fortune teller game, though, you write some fortunes, you pick them, and in this case, the the the, the there's a babysitter and a girl that she's babysitting, and they write some fortunes, and uh, they start coming true, and things kind of go awry. There's a ghost. Whoa. Ghost. 
John got very scared when he saw the ghost. In we're in coming out. Uh, yeah, we're in Uncle Zay's house. Me and a couple and, other. Dudes. Well, and how many how many people were here? There were a bunch. I probably mean, twenty. Yeah, total at the at the absolute most, probably about twenty. Um, fluctuating anywhere from ten to fifteen. Right. You know, normally, but, but me and a couple guys were out in the living room and out of the bathroom walks like a eighty look mm-hmm. eighty year old looking woman with no hair. Completely like bald, but like golem hair. Yes, like wispy strands. Three foot long golem strands hanging yeah. off. And she comes shuffling out of this bathroom, and uh, she has some extreme makeup on her face, and it actually scared me. Some, so basically her face, she's this ghost that's sort of summoned by this fortune teller, and there's a big long scar, this big bloody scabby scar that goes down the front of her face vertically and then sideways. Mm. And it's almost like... Her face is sort of divided into quarters, the same mm. way the fortune teller would be. It's hideous. Oh, I, I didn't get that. Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Yeah, I am such a moron. No, it's fine. You'll Her get it when you see. Her face was the fortune teller. Yeah, and then it opens up. There's some special effects. Oh, and when she opens her face up, she gets the one that says, "You will live in Calabasas." <laughs> And it's the end. It's a. It's really just a metaphor for the Calabasas clam bake. <laughs> yeah. So this was. So we had, had a special effects here. the yeah, whole yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. They our bathroom was makeup corner. They basically put a. They did the equivalent of putting an entire tent over your house. They blacked out mm-hmm. most of the windows mm-hmm. from outside. They had artificial. You know lights what we call everywhere. that in the biz, John? Let me guess. <clears throat> you call it. Um, it would make sense to call it a blackout. So you guys probably call it like. Uh, Shine down. <laughs> shine. Down. Hey, let's get a uh, shine down on window two. No, it's a uh, shine down. No, it's called a uh, day for night. You're shooting day for night. Day. Shine down. You're shooting during day. Passing mm. it is night. Mm. Although, how long were people here? I mean, John, I'm curious what your expectations were. Yesterday, we started. People started showing up at the house at seven thirty. Seven thirty. We got. When did the makeup lady leave? The makeup lady. Eleven thirty. Uh, yeah. Yeah, she was here until 11.30. And this is Calabasas time, so people on the East Coast, mm-hmm. we're talking about, it's like, it's two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> two <laughs> weeks ago, last night, she left. Um, she was here for several lifetimes. It was, I was shocked. That lady yeah. was no joke, like 70, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she was here 14 hours, At least. 12 hours. Yeah, uh, it was 14, yeah. She, yeah, she was in makeup for about 13 of those hours. Yeah. I think she was literally sitting in a chair having her makeup done. In Uncle Zay's bathroom. Yeah, just with the door closed. It seemed pretty terrible. With a makeup artist. Note to self, don't ever be a a monster. No, 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 no. Monster acting, not for me. She thought she was going to be in the revival of Hello, Dolly. (laughs) Two weeks later. Turns out it was Bernadette Peters. She's sitting on your toilet. In we, we turned Bernadette Peters into an 80-year-old old lady fortune teller. <laughs> but they, it was intense. I mean, there were a ton of... There, it was a ton of activity. This is a five-minute finished product. That's what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, about five minutes. And they people were here for 14 hours. Yeah, and obviously there was development. There was a lot of prep. Prep. Mm, prep. Yeah. That's how we say it in the biz. Obviously not even done. I mean, all you have is the raw footage now. It has mm-hmm. to be compiled and edited and all this stuff. I got actually scared. Why I, I saw a shot that I hadn't. I saw a shot recorded that I hadn't seen rehearsed. Mm. So I didn't know exactly how he was going to do it, and uh, it legitimately scared me. Yeah, out of context, no sound effect. It's. It, I think it's going to be a, a hoot. I think people are going to be very displeased. 
yeah. with it in right. a good way. Well, we talked about it last time, but some of uh, the short that I saw of his upset me. It's very upsetting. He's an upsetting guy. He has issues. <clears throat> He's actually like, probably coming by this morning to pick up some stuff. So if he, he if he swings in, we'll have him hop on the mic. Could not be. Really, though, the guy could not be nicer. He's sort of a 31 to 33-year-old guy. Mm. What, um, very neutrally dressed, you know, black mm-hmm. black jeans with a sweatshirt on top and Nikes. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, a real kind of humble guy, kind of nice guy. Mm-hmm. Very efficient, just came in, got what he wanted, and was very appreciative to everybody and came, talked with us after. I thought he was a great guy, to mm-hmm. be honest. Dave, uh, Dave, Uncle Zay is shaking his head, mm-hmm. doing two thumbs down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, John only saw one side of him. The David I know is a real nightmare. <laughs> yeah. He was... Really? Uh, the the reason, you know, the reason he seemed like a nice guy is because I was taking him, you know, out back, and I was like, Dave. Cool it. You can't yell at everybody like that. You need to be nicer to John. Yeah. He's just trying to help. No. That didn't happen. Dave's a great guy. So we were actually talking about this last night. This is kind of interesting. Why are we producing this short? Because mm. I'm making another movie. So I don't know why I produce. Oh, well, I still don't actually know the answer to that. I am way behind. I just produced a very complicated short. But the reason we did it is because it's a great concept. Dave is a great director, mm. great style, as we talked about previously. And he's got a great idea for how to turn this short, this fortune teller short, into a feature film. So the idea is that we're going to, even before we go to festivals, we're going to try to basically take this short and Dave is a director and exploit all the connections we have and, and, and basically try to get somebody to pay him to write the feature version and mm. then we'll stay attached to direct, uh, uh, he'll direct it and we'll produce the feature. Mama That's the Bear. idea. Mama, yeah, Mama Bear, Bear produced this entire thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, they're going to take it two places and say, I mean, it's it's going to be a slick product this five minute thing is going to be slick yeah yeah it's going to be based on what we've seen it's going to be slippery yeah slippery with red cornstarchy substance yeah there's a lot of blood involved a lot of fake blood a lot of fake blood um i was actually uh this this short was funny this was one of the few not few but you know with things like this this is a little bit how rollers will be just not quite as much this way but um, this is one of those jobs where everybody has a lot of jobs, you know? So mm-hmm. I was, you know, we shot it on Sunday. On Saturday, we were decorating the house. I'm like hanging up pictures and like decorating this room to be like a little girl's room. John was here for a lot of that. That was fun. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. yesterday I was like, it was weird. I was like sitting there below this ghost lady during a shot where she's like about to murder this teenager and everybody's just like we're laughing and hanging out mm-hmm. and then it's kind of like okay time to go and then we all get in get in you know i get in my position because i have to like help her off this stand and like you know it's just very it was funny because i make these i've never made anything scary like that and i was not surprised because i kind of knew that's exactly how it would be but at the same time i was surprised by how weird it felt to to sort of be making something that's ultimately going to be very tense and scary and everything back behind behind the scenes was like just mega chill, you know? Oh, yeah. Not chill, chill, but like no one's upset. Or no one's like, oh my gosh, this is so scary. Uh, that actually... I think David's here. One second. I'm going to check on David. John, you feel free to monologue for a while. Oh my goodness, it's the time I've been waiting for. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Johnny Bear Hour. 
We're, this is a this is a loosey goosey episode. David, get in here. Get nice and close to the mic. We've got David Farino in the studio. David, how are you? Um, I wasn't expecting this. Of course you weren't, David. Uh, how was your day yesterday? It was a lot of fun. Thanks for uh, hosting. Thanks for helping me make it. You're welcome, David. Yeah. Uh, John, do you have any questions for David? Yeah, I actually do. Dave, give us a real quick hits about your background. Where are you from real quick? Uh-huh. School? Yeah. And how long you been in LA and what you're doing out and here? And also, what the fuck are you doing in my house? You were here for like 16 hours yesterday. Well, I just want to say right now I'm propping myself up on an ottoman plus a doll so that I can match Isaiah's A, a very creepy doll that's been hiding around the house and Kelly repeatedly has kept like finding it in different closets. And last night, I guess, did I tell you that I stuck it in her bed? Our Amazing. bed. It was pretty great. Quick hits about me. Give us your bio. You told me last night, it's Illinois, right? Yeah, yeah. I grew up in, I just love saying this, I grew up in a big town that's desperate to be a city. Mm. Uh, it called Peoria, Illinois. It's like three hours south of Chicago. Uh, I moved uh, for college, went to NYU, and then um, was brought out to LA to work on a documentary with some friends, and I thought that when we finished the doc that I would move back to New York, but I wound up staying here because I had work, and it just seemed easier. And I'm, What was the documentary about? Um, it's a movie called Cure for Pain. Uh, you can find it online, mm-hmm. uh, but it was a music documentary. We'll link to it in the show notes. Perfect. I love that. Uh, yeah, you, uh, it was a music doc. It's like one half music doc, one half family drama about this uh, this musician's life. Was it split right down the middle? Was it like 45 minutes of a music doc that just abruptly shifts into a family drama? With a little pornography in the middle. Perfect. <laughs> I, I shouldn't say that. That's like undermining undermining the, the nature of the doc. Um, yeah, what else can I tell you? Well, career-wise, I think we, we were young when we made the doc, and I think we had this dumb, naive arrogance that like something magical was going to happen mm-hmm. and all these offers was, were going to come our way. And what we realized is that um, that didn't happen, but we started getting like video freelance work, or yeah. at least that was my narrative. That's what happened when I made my first documentary. Called no what? one watched it. Called uh, Build Me a World. Oh, about Howard High School. And yeah, we, we were like, oh, if we make a good movie, people will see it. And then we made a pretty good movie. And very few people saw it? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't say that, you know, ours was a, a smash hit. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, it did what it needed to do. Did it open doors for you in your career? Uh, yes. Again, not in the way that I anticipated. But, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I think the other thing is it was just like it got, it got me experienced early. Right. And, I, and I think it also gave me that conditioning of just like never set, you know, Hope for the best, expect the worst. Like yeah. n- you know, manage your expectations. Be and, realistic about you know your outcomes. Right. Like David kept thinking, maybe David kept saying, like I think we can make fortune teller really good. Mm-hmm. And I kept saying, let's not get ahead of ourselves. That's let's just right. finish it. Let's just shoot for the middle. And if we hit the middle, great. Yeah. If we exceed it, mm, probably right. not going to happen. Which everyone who cool. listens to the podca- this podcast knows, that's my mantra. It's like aim for the middle. Aim for the middle. Yeah, oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah, aim yeah. low. Yeah. John, that's what John holds me accountable to. He's like, Zay, don't don't go too hard on this. You're going a little too high here. Let's uh, Let's go more gutter. 
Exactly. Yeah, that's what I say. So, yeah. Dave, you've been in L.A. for... I keep calling you Dave. Your name is David. It doesn't Which do you matter. prefer? You can call me Jennifer if you want. His What's your mom call you? What does your mother call you? Uh, cutie pie. Cutie pie. Okay, there it is. You've been in L.A. almost a decade? Uh, yeah. Coming up on a decade. Yes. And if there's some dude right now in Peoria or someplace in the country, some abysmal place, and they want to come out here to try to do what you're doing, what's your advice to them? Well, A, I always feel weird dispensing advice because I feel like I'm still seeking it. <laughs> sure. Uh, I'm, I'm actually, I'm happy you're asking because I'm going to be teaching a class on January 8th. A friend of mine is the dean of a high school and he teaches a film class and he was like, hey, want to like step in? Uh, so it'll be my first time. So this is great prep. Um, I feel like uh, I'm going to say something maybe a little like new agey and woo woo to an extent, but like I feel like you, you, yeah, it's like grit, hard work, all that stuff. But I feel like also, um, like find a way in your life to find like a baseline level of happiness mm -hmm. and, and, and just contentment with things outside of your career ambitions. Because even if you're, you know, you've got that stick to itiveness, mm -hmm. you're always going to have highs and lows. And, um, you know, it, it, during those highs, it's easy to be happy because you're getting what you, you've always sought. You're hitting your goals. Uh, but there's going to be times when you're not. And in those moments, you still have to find, you know, just joy in life outside of your work to just keep you keep you moving, keep you excited about just, you know, existing. <laughs> Do you feel like you found that contentment in your life? Yeah, I mean, I think it's like an ongoing process, right? But yeah, I think in the past like two, three years, especially, I feel like I've been on a journey. On a journey. Welcome to the club. Is this high school in LA? What? The high school that you're going to uh, teach film at? Oh, oh, the high school. Yeah. Uh, sorry, man. I'm so faded. Dave seems very well prepared for this class. Well, uh, we, sir, we did spring this on you, Dave. I've got three weeks, guys. Uh, it's outside. It's uh, Encinitas, outside of San Diego. Okay. Three weeks that you should be spending editing Fortune Teller. Are you going to show these kids films? Well, I think I'm going to show the kids a rough cut and be like, this That's is sick. This is what it looks like when you're aiming for the middle. <laughs> Get him inspired young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The shoot, we already talked about the shoot yesterday, but it was very okay. cool to see it. And I, I'm excited to see it. I mean, let's put the, the aiming for the middle aside and yeah. just be arrogant for yeah. a second. It's going to be awesome. It looks really it good. It looks really good. I went home and was up until probably 2 a.m. just like clicking through all the footage. And even the stuff that I was worried about yesterday, I'm like, oh, this is going to be fine. Yeah. Like, if it doesn't work, it's our fault in post. And that won't mm. happen. Like, uh, I, Which is, in, we call that in the biz, sitting pretty. I didn't know that. <laughs> Neither did I until I just made it. Zay up. is coining all all types of phrases. I'm taking notes. <laughs> Dave, I will say this in front of Dave. Dave did a a great job of knowing what he wanted, and I think that's the most important thing a director can do. Thank you. Dave, did it get You're welcome, Dave. <laughs> Dave, keep in mind that absolutely nobody listens to this. So <laughs> right, right. did it get tense ever yesterday for you on set? You were here a long time. There's yeah, a bunch yeah, yeah. of moving I mean, parts. I, I, you know, there was, there was moments where there were communication issues that I will take, uh, you know, maybe not full blame for, but I'll, I'll fully admit that, like, I had a hand in the problem. Yeah. Uh, and I don't, I think, 
But how extreme are we talking about? What, what I mean, sort of things not happen? so extreme. I mean, I'm looking at a broken window that Dave threw a <laughs> monitor through. But other than that. Right, right. I mean, I had to temper my rage mm. for a little bit. You know, it's really difficult dealing with my anger management issues in front of others on set. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's always, I feel like, especially when you have tight budgets, you have tight schedules, you're always going to have these these communication issues mm-hmm. where, like, the thing that I, that I keep reminding myself over and over and over and having to relearn is that what's in your head is not in everybody else's head. And that's a really crazy thing to articulate. Yeah. Like, because it's everything, right? It's like, it's, it's you know, the camera movements, the wardrobe, it's the makeup, it's the lighting, it's everything. And as many references as you can provide people, there's still some level of, like, your mind is not everyone else's. Mm-hmm. And so just, like, articulating stuff... You know, especially when you're when you're tired and you've had a long week and you don't can't always find the right words, it's it, it can become really taxing. And I think we hit a couple of those moments yesterday, but nothing we couldn't fight through. Right. You know, it was like you know you kind of have some moments of tension, and then you step outside and you have a hug and a laugh, and you just keep on moving. Sure. Yeah. yeah. This is your vision essentially, and some of the people on the set here. Is a, it's a day job for them. Right, So right, you're right, excited right. and you're wanting to keep things moving and you have a vision. And some of these other people, they're, they're out just smoking and bringing right. their boxes and doing their job. They couldn't really care less because they're going somewhere else right after this. Right. Is that a factor? And is there a part of you that is trying to motivate people to get as excited for the project as you are? Uh, that's actually something that I've backed off of, uh, in the past couple of years, there was a time when I would like come on set and be like, we're going to get everyone fired up. Like mm-hmm. I want this PA who doesn't know anybody here except the one friend that brought them on to feel like they're included in the creative process. Right. And I've started to learn that like you just, a, you don't have the, most of the time you don't have the bandwidth for that. Mm-hmm. And B, there are people, uh, that just, it, exactly like you said, they don't really care, right? And the and so I'm not going to go out of my way to make to like phone it in for them because mm-hmm. the people detect that right away. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I, the one thing that you do do, and I noticed it a couple times yesterday, is you make really cool shit. Yeah, and you watch people get excited by what they're seeing on the monitor, what they're seeing in front of them, and that motivates them to actually get a little bit more involved. They move a little faster. They have an idea that maybe a little pitch to somebody, and that's cool. Yeah, uh, that's that's neat when that happens. But I'm not necessarily seeking that out. I know we're looking into the future a little bit, but. Now that Fortune Teller is done being shot, you're going to edit it. It's going to you're going to have a completed project. What's next after that for you? That's a great question. I mean, uh, uh, it also sounds really corny to say that's a great question. We'll edit it. Yeah, great, cool. John asks great questions. I aim for the middle, and sometimes I hit it. Right. Well, congratulations on, on nailing that one. Uh, May we all aspire to such middleness. <laughs> Um, what the hell are we talking my, about? My, 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 my quote unquote great question was what's next for you, Dave? Oh yeah. I mean, so, okay. So here's the thing in the very immediate future, um, cu- cutting this, but I also want to get back to writing something new. I have, uh, one idea percolating, but I also want to have a few conversations to make sure that, like that's the thing that I should be mm-hmm. 
putting my energy on. I mean, this is also, I assume that you talked about this already, but this short is a proof of concept for a feature. I actually was in the middle of writing the feature when Bryce McGuire gave me the advice to stop and, and focus on the short. Mm-hmm. And so there's a thought that maybe I bounce back to like developing the feature further, like focusing on that writing. Right. Um, Could you real quick pause and tell us why you were given the advice to stop doing the feature and turn it into a short. And quick quick note, Bryce McGuire, we had him on a few weeks ago. Yeah. He's working with Mama Bear, produced a short with me and David and yeah. Uh, right. So Bryce is very privy to the sort of genre world in uh, Hollywood right now. Okay. And he has seen um, in his peer set uh, a number of people creating um, horror short films that have gotten feature deals even without a script. Okay. And I had actually just done that for another short, but it was in my head, it's mainstream, but I realize it's, it's a little bit wackier for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. And, um, there's definitely an audience for it, but finding financing for it is a little bit more difficult because there's not the marketing avenue is a little bit more opaque. Whereas with something like these sort of popcorn horror movies, and I don't I don't mean that as a pejorative, mm-hmm. uh, they haven't they have not a, not only a built in audience, but there's like a built in marketing channel for these right. things. You know what the trailer is going to look like. You know like where to beam it into whose mm-hmm. brains. And uh, and I think Bryce saw that in this fortune teller concept and just thought, do the short because I've seen these things make that jump really fast. And then we can worry about the feature. And because you've already got an outline for the feature, you've already got a nice chunk of the writing, whether it can be seen or not. You're deep in the thinking. You know some of the deeper mythology and the characters to really express the story. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, and I think he's right. And I think people are visual now, right? Yeah. Like it's way easier to watch a really fun, you know, three to six minute short than it is to read a hundred page script. Yeah. Um, it's much less of a commitment. Yeah. And yeah. even for a, any potential buyer, it seems like less of a commitment because you have a finished product yep. that you can see what a yes. full feature would look yes. like. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and it's really funny. I've been having more of these conversations with kids whose ambition it is to purely write. Uh-huh. And most of them are saying... I never thought I'd be directing, but I've I've been told to direct short form material to showcase both my writing and right. You know, just just sort of storytelling, visual storytelling chops. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it aw. seems like a really easy and relatively inexpensive way to have a finished product to take to people and show them. Because a script, uh, even a finished script, you can't picture it easily. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially, you know, it's funny. This is the first time. The other stuff that I've done has been like other genre stuff, but Mm -hmm. it's always been kind of jokey or like tongue-in-cheek or snarky. And this is the first time I did like straight horror and scares, right? Mm -hmm. And I was, it was really interesting writing it because on the page... It's tough to be scary on the page. Right. Like even even if you're reading like a Stephen King novel, you know, sometimes you're sitting in the dark and you kind of get goosebumps and other times it's just words on a page. But yeah, when you actually see stuff and you actually, you know, on a page you try to write out what a jump scare looks like, but to actually see a jump scare or feel a jump scare is way different. Yeah, if you've ever tried to tell somebody the plot of some Stephen King short stories, like he has one where an exercise bike becomes possessed and ruins this guy's life. It sounds like the most absurd premise for anything, but it is actually a great story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, totally feel that. 
Haunted Treadmill sounds like a fun movie too. Haunted Treadmill? Yeah, we we've got a whole list of silly horror movies like uh, Stoner Ghost, Haunted Snow Globe. Have you heard of Pitch High Spirits, David? Please go on. High Spirits is a movie about a, a a stoner ghost, a ghost who is a recently deceased stoner, and um, there's a an evil villain named Beelzebub. And that's about the extent of the story. Anyway, um, David, it's been a real pleasure. I'm going to kick you out. We have a tradition of hanging up on our guests, but because you're here in the flesh. Well, but I'm going to be here for a moment. You might hear me coming and going. You will hear David picking up props, making racket. My computer power cable. That sort of thing. Just in conclusion, we'll have David David say bye. It's been a pleasure to meet you. I wish you tons of luck in your career. I really am looking forward to seeing. Well, and I will say to you too, because I think this will give you hope. I I think this short is going to be the best thing I've ever done. Really? Yeah, and I and maybe maybe not the best, but I do think it will be the thing where like I think it'll be a game changer. What would you consider the current best? I love Nocturnal Yours. My last Nocturnal Yours is great. Yeah, we watched it the other night. It's very good. Did I tell you that John couldn't even finish Emptied? That's great news. <laughs> I literally didn't watch the end of it. I had to look away. I mean, when Mackenzie was... Davis has has her like pliers on that one remaining tooth, and the gum is like kind of jiggling, around, it's it's absolutely hideous. I, I do. Before you get kicked out, I have one f- sort of final question. And you know, I like Stephen King a lot. Yeah. And yeah. if you tell people that. Yeah. Normcore people, whatever you want to call them, just people, run of the mill people. They're sort of like they look at you askance a little bit. Yeah. You've made some s- disturbing uh, films. What is this like a passion of yours? Is it interest? You seem like a totally normal guy. I mean, <laughs> I'd let you babysit my kids. You know that kind of guy. Right. Uh, careful. Yeah. Just careful what you wish for. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I will. I always tell this story. There's two. There's two things to it. A, I do like horror stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, I, ha- you know, my ambitions, are, you know, transcend horror. Obviously, I'd like to tell all sorts of stories. Sure. But I, I, I had this experience when I was a little kid where Tim Burton was the first, first director where I recognized like, oh, there's somebody behind the camera who's like putting these things together. And right. I could track that from movie to movie. And like, mm-hmm. okay, I see. Into Burden as a kid, aware that there's like a filmmaker and there's magic behind the camera. This stuff doesn't just naturally occur. Mm-hmm. And so I'm a little kid. I go to uh, Disney World and there's the Haunted Mansion ride. And I'm probably like young, like five years old. Yeah. And I get in the lobby, you know, before you're even on the ride. And there was some animatronic werewolf creature. And Mm -hmm. I was petrified. I was so spooked. And I I refused to go on. And my mom was like, David, relax. It's just special effects. It's like a Tim Burton movie. And my eyes lit up. And I was like, immediately became eager to get on the ride. And then wanted to see, as I was on the ride, how they, you know, crafted all of these scares. And like how they made this world... And and I think that kind of got me going uh, just from a super early age, and so now I'm at a place where like I can sort of use that like early impetus in all of this work, but at the same time, uh, I it's a it's a it's a marketing thing. It's like I think for a lot of young filmmakers, if you know how to do genre or you know you don't mind being in quote unquote horror hell for a little bit, right? Uh, you do it because it's a way into the game. You know, and, and and also part of what's fun about the genre space right now is it's where some of the most innovative stuff is happening 
in some cases, because the marketing channel allows you to spend money on out there ideas and still sort of find an audience for it. You know, like it's really hard to get financing for a, a family drama, but you know, Haunting of Hill House is something everybody keeps talking about. And it's like kind of a family drama. It's kind of a horror, but apparently it's one of the best things that's been on TV in a long time. And it's like, that's partly because they can hook people. You know, it's like a really good pop song. Mm. You, know, you need a hook, but that doesn't mean you can't do something amazing. Um, you mastered your fear and turned yes. it into a career. Ooh, and that's going to be the title baby. of your self-help book. Great. I think on that note, I should get out of your hair. It's been a pleasure, Dave. You're Thanks not a lot, seriously. Hair. It's been a pleasure to be here. Later on. Looking forward to five. seeing the short, Dave. We may actually do a... Uh, I was thinking we may actually do a full-on fortune teller, get Bryce in here. You know, once it's done, kind of like... That would be fun to just do like a full recap... Have some have some hoots and hollers. Yeah. All right. I love it. Uncle Zay, you want to take us into one of our next topics up here, buddy? So many topics, Johnny, Uncle Johnny Bear. So many topics. Um, that was a real pleasure having Dave in here, wasn't it? He's a pro, and he's still standing here, which makes it even more awkward. He's laughing at us. He's like these idiots think they're doing a radio show. All of the all of my uh, hospitable uh, tendencies make me want to get up and offer to help Dave pack up and clean up, but I just I can't do it. Uh, speaking of Dave, we went to pick up. Um, oh yeah, because okay, well real quick, let's let's take a. You're right. I, I, I want to hear this story, but there's bit? context to the story. Tell us, John. Um, John happened to be here while we were doing the short. We sort of planned that, but. John uh, John ended up becoming officially a co-producer on the project. Dave is shaking his head right now. He worked on this for years, and I came and I moved a couple boxes. No, David uh, David gets all the real credit, director, he writer, should. As, as he should. As he should. No, but, but John became a co-producer on the project. He was he sent out a call sheet. John, do you want to give us a, a one paragraph on what a call sheet is? It's a sheet. That tells people when and where to show up to things. And it provides all the, it's the key information the day before the shoot. So then, um, you know, John was running around doing all sorts of stuff, kind of just making the thing happen. We could not have done this without John. Ha, <laughs> that is not true. But it's we true. we had friend of the show, uh, Grant. Grant Withington. Came by, looking like a little dapper Dan. Mm-hmm. And as uh, Mr. Dave Farino himself said, is, <laughs> he said are you coming from a thing or is this just your vibe? Because, <laughs> <laughs> because oh, that's our funny. friend of the show, Grant, was dressed in a suit with a, with a tie in his breast pocket uh-huh. that looked like an ascot. And he was very fancy looking. Very yeah, fancy. very fancy. But he, he and I went out to San Fernando and picked up a green screen mm-hmm. from a shipping container yes. for this shoot. And as we came out, we're in this giant parking lot, and as we come out, we turn the corner with the uh, duffel bag with the green screen in it. But it's like a black duffel bag that looks like it might be full of money or drugs. It could be full of anything. We're in we're in an abandoned parking lot with just a few shipping containers in it, and as I turn the corner out of the shipping container, there's about four to six, so five cop cars lined up right in front of us. Yowza. Why? And and one of the boys in blue is cocking a shotgun. Oh my gosh. 
right in front. I mean, maybe not right in front of me, maybe 30 feet in front of me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is way too close. Too close for a shotgun. And I'm there with Grant, who looks like he might have just escaped from like a mortuary Mm. or, um, you know, he might be a time traveler from the 1950s. He could be a bank robber who's passing as a regular bank employee right yeah there are a lot of possibilities here but we look sketchy and i of course i look like the half greek uh i look like the half greek la strangler Mm -hmm. yeah i got sunglasses a hoodie shorts and some you're kind of the muscle fixer guy i look dangerous for not great reasons and um it turns out somebody had barricaded themselves in the uh video in the equipment rental part of that complex Holy and they were about to storm the place with guns but i immediately put my hands wow. up and i was trying to sort of signal to the cop no like, wait did we ever figure out did you figure out uh, because the guy that creasy our gaffer creasy creasy's a great guy well of creasy on monday really great guy our gaffer he owns a small equipment rental company was were they storming he was on set so he is yeah. a good alibi right he He's was fine. not the one barricaded but were they storming his Rental yes. company? Yes. Wow. Yes. I did not know that. And when I told him, he he seemed surprised. He was like, oh, it's probably John. He said, what did you do? Yeah. Actually, what he said was, and we noticed this on the way in, that they had recently um, broken up some part of Skid Row. They had uh, evicted a bunch of people, and they were stationed right by that equipment rental building wow. out on the street. There are tents everywhere, uh, and he suspected, yeah, maybe Somebody one of those guys. In. You know, it's a sad situation down here. Very sad. The weather is perfect. If you're yeah. going to do a little urban camping, this is where you want to do it. That's the truth. But it's um, they don't do anything about this homeless situation. They just let them stay there. They don't touch them. They do you nothing. You know, the first time I went to Skid Row was really astonishing because you think it's going to be a row. The mm-hmm. reality is it's like a four block by six block region of downtown. Yeah. I'm not, I'm talking like, a uh, 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 like a uh, uh, like a whole block, mm-hmm. uh, like a block in this geometrically, like multiple blocks where every corner, every inch of the street, the sidewalk is covered in 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 um in tents, right? And again, not just like one street for a block. At least it's they like have one street, and then you make everybody. a right halfway down, and you walk down another street that's also tent city, and then you walk down a different street. You make a left that's still tent city. It's really astonishing. We didn't get a chance to go down there while John was here, but he saw a bit of it. I really wanted to see it. I wanted to spend a few days there, mm-hmm. but Zay yeah, just kept saying, days, no, yeah. "No, no, no, whatever, man." We had a lot to do, John. Know, you you had a lot to do. John John was in charge of catering yesterday. Mm. John was in charge of some equipment pickup. Uh, uh, I, had, I had to placate the talent. Anytime they got upset, I would mm-hmm. just go in and say, no, 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 no. You're doing an amazing... That's yeah. not true. That didn't happen. How but many talent were here? There were three talent. Describe them. Uh, one was... Um, uh, we, we had three talent. A young, a young lady... About how old? Mm, ten. ten. About ten, years, ten old. years old. Wonderful young actress. Keep in mind, a woman's face opens up. A woman who looked yeah, like a cancer She was patient. not here for that part. Um, oh a teenager. Uh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. She plays 22. a teenager. McKaylee. She was about 22. 22. Lovely young lady. Excellent. Very, very professional. I was blown away by McKaylee's professionalism. She is. She had a cold the whole time. She just came off of a week of night shoots, Mm. 12-hour days on a movie, working all night, 
She worked yesterday. She slept for a few hours, came to our house, shot for 12 and a half hours, and then went home. And she has to, she's on set right now. She had a very strong. Starting, she had a 6 a.m. call time this morning. She had a very strong. She was here till midnight. 20, almost. Early 20s, Lindsay Lohan vibe. Mm-hmm. She yeah. had a lot of vocal fry. She kind of looked like yeah. her. Good actor, though. Really strong. That's just not like a she could. No, no, yeah, totally. She's got a vibe. Um, and that's the vibe she's playing. She's playing a babysitter. You know, she can right. do other stuff. She's a writer. She apparently just sold a freaking script. Nuh uh. Yeah. Really? Yeah, she apparently just sold a script. Everybody out here is selling something. No, that well, they're selling it doesn't mean anyone's buying it. True. Um, she she's closed the deal, which is which is rare. My impression of like random. So if you're in Chattanooga and you walk down the street and you bump into somebody, what do you do? Oh, I work at uh, I work in insurance or I work yeah. down at the hospital. Every single person that I bumped into on the street and talked to, like. Hey man, can you tell me how to blah, 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 get to what you? And then you talk to him. What do you do here? Every single person I talk to. Oh well, I'm an actor. Oh, I'm I'm selling <laughs> that is a so false. I'm selling a something like works, so many people. That works really well for John. I ran into the, to some that girl at the Ebell. There was some random chick okay, who wanted right, to see it. She walked true. in, and of course, you know. Oh, I'm an actress. Yeah. I'm trying to write a script for da-da-da. Everybody's trying. Yeah, so we had the 10-year-old gal, we had the 22-year-old gal, and then we had the 80-year-old gal. It was a gal fest. Mm. Um, we had a lovely time. So there's three talents. I don't know if that's the... I don't know if you're... I don't know why we refer to them as, as nouns. It's like cattle. We had three cattle here yesterday. It feels kind of rude. The girl's mom was here. Her grandmother. A grandmother. Yeah. And Her handler. Had- a teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a we had a handler, the grandmother, and we also had a set teacher. You know, and I was shitting all over the set teacher mm. before I met her. Literally in person the day she got here was disgusting. That is so gross. <laughs> I was shit-talking the teacher. And, you know, I got to say, she did a great job. She yeah. kind of like... She was super nice. She was really nice. She kept the young actress occupied helped it make it a she 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 helped explain what was going on all the time like this is the part where he's gonna stab you in the eye honey that did not happen there were no children harmed in this production she um you're right though she did have to explain that several times when it did happen i lied it happened (laughs) um the no she did a great job she just she like Made it an educational extracurricular. She almost was coaching because David can't just sit there hand holding the whole time, mm-hmm. you know. And um, I mean, don't get me wrong. Maybe maybe charges less money, mm. but she did a good job. The, the teacher, yeah. not Dave. She got paid more than anybody else here, right? Because we, we there was no room for negotiation. It's like a law. Yeah, this is what she does. I but at to least her. she did a good job. I talked to her at the beginning and. Um, you know, she used to be a nanny. She used to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. And somehow she got into this gig. And now she comes anytime there's a child on set. She said even if, if the child is from California, if they're a California resident and they go shoot in Atlanta, mm-hmm. somebody from California no. has to go to Atlanta. Oh if that little girl, if she's gosh. her minder and she went to shoot in Atlanta, that woman has to go with her to make sure that the California rules are enforced. That's what she told me. That's crazy. That's some far-reaching bureaucracy, my friends. California. But, you know, hey, speaking of California bureaucracy, Mm -hmm. I have John on the record saying, you know, I get get it. You get what you pay for. Yeah, you get what you pay for because the roads are nice. Everything's nice. (laughs) Pretty much everything's actually really nice. Um, Yeah, so, wow, man, John almost got held up at a rental house. Um, Oh, John, we also, I remembered after our last episode, then we can wrap up. Yeah. 
We had some excellent culinary adventures while we were here. Oh, boy. Because L.A. is, a lot of people say, one of the best food cities in the world right now. We spent a lot of time in and around um, the Zay's neighborhood and the adjacent neighborhoods, mm. which still, I mean, really, we we didn't touch, like, downtown that much. We no, didn't, we didn't touch so, Hollywood, really, West I mean, we, went, we, so, we did go to the Walk of Stars. And, yeah, yeah, well, we saw plenty, but the, yeah. the point is there's so, because each, like, Zay's neighborhood and, and a couple neighborhoods around, like Pasadena, they're yeah. actual cities in and of themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, Pasadena seems bigger than Chattanooga. They're cities with their own downtowns and their own right, suburbs. Right, so we saw a ton of stuff, yeah. and each of these places has amazing food. Um, we went and got Chinese food. Szechuan. Szechuan. Szechuan style Chinese. And they had, they used real Szechuan peppers, oh. which I thought were illegal oh, for whatever so reason. I still haven't looked it up, but we're there. How, how would you describe the effect of a Szechuan pepper? So a normal, even a wasabi is sort of, un, is a little different than normal pepper, like a hot yeah, sauce. Yeah, that, that's more of a throaty spice. Yeah. This is a completely different experience because it's not hot. But it creates a numbing effect in your oh, mouth. So good. Yeah. So there is some spice, like a peppery spice to it, but it also just completely, not completely, but it substantially numbs your mouth. But in a way that you can still taste. Yeah. It, it's bizarre. It, it just, I, I, yeah, I really, it's, it's honestly, it was one of the most unique culinary experiences mm-hmm. I've had in a long time, just because every single flavor I tasted throughout the meal. Yeah. was something I had not yet tasted. Well, the guy It wasn't was, like, wow, this is pizza done well. Don't get me wrong. I love pizza. We and we got Johnson Donuts too. Ooh, yum yums. But more specifically, it was unique. It was yeah. new to me. And very tasty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um the all of the dishes had just an, a surprising amount of Szechuan mm-hmm. peppers in and on yeah, them. Yeah, little peppercorns. Um yeah, we got donuts. We went to this crazy little diner this morning. Had some oh. n- Belgian wa. I mean, we oh. we've been going kind of hard. I weigh about fourteen pounds more yeah, than I did yesterday. Definitely. Um, but the Szechuan. I'm trying to think. Uh, the the other thing is too. There were like ten different places that we almost went to, and that was the one we chose, and it was great. And I'm sure what's crazy is I'm sure there's ten other ones that are equally as good that we just didn't even try. You know, in in that in one of the fish dishes we had, there was a broth, mm. and in I that didn't broth, like the fish that much to be honest. It was it was unique. It was good. You know what I liked was that mushroom, those funky, well, that's what I'm getting. gummy mushrooms. Yeah, okay, I'm go getting ahead. to the mushroom. So they had in there a, uh, there's a broth with a lot of different substances mm-hmm. in it. And there was a black uh, sort of feathery, not feathery, kind of looked like a something that would be in the ocean, like a little urchin or something. Mm-hmm. And it was hideous is what you're trying to say. Kelly, t- yeah, it was very gross looking. Kelly told me, that's Uncle Zay's wife, told me that it was some kind of My a life moss. Partner. At first, she was looking through the ingredients. She thought it might be some kind of a moss. So I just popped one in my mouth and ate it. Mm-hmm. And the outside is kind of slimy. And inside, they had put some Szechuan peppers. And it did some funky stuff to me. I mean, it completely burned and numbed simultaneously. John, the yeah, John almost esophagus. seemed a little bit high. Well, the guy comes back, and I said, what was that? Yeah. And I pointed to the thing, and he said, oh, oh, he didn't speak English great. But he said, oh, you know, let me show you. So he pulled his phone out, and he pulled up a picture of a fly agaric or a fly agaric, which is a, it's a mushroom and it's the, it's a Santa Claus mushroom, mm. like an Amanita muscaria type mushroom. That's exactly what mm. it looks like. And he mm. told me, you don't eat these, don't mm. eat them. But I had already eaten them. Yeah. And I ate one too. And it was kind of good. Uh, I, 
I don't know if I would go so far as to say good. More like painful and unpleasant. <laughs> it's a, similar. Some people. <laughs> ah! Oh, that's good. Uh, we should do a rollers update, and then we should wrap. Hit me. What is, what is the update? We, you've been so busy on other stuff. I know. I'm way behind. I'm way behind. I've got some great casting meetings. I've got two today. I've got one tomorrow. I've been looking at auditions. Yeah. Man, there's so much to do. You, have a, you said you have a casting meeting today? I'm meeting with cast. No, I'm meeting with a member of the cast. Uh, well, not a member, a prospective uh, member of the cast. This would be an audition. Mm-hmm. Is it? Are you gonna have this? She person? sent in an audition. I'm probably more gonna just like talk to her and get her vibes. It's like a social thing. Yeah, it's social. Can we I'm work doing this together? Yeah. Can I? Can I mold you? What's a deal breaker in this? What could she do? So you've already seen her act, I mm-hmm. guess, because she sent in an audition. You thought it was. Good. You know, I think the deal breaker is I need her to be in. You know, I don't need her to be perfect i need her to be directable i need her to understand herself she is a she's a musician primarily this uh these two actually that i'm talking about are are pretty successful musicians who also are actors and that's the thing i don't need them to be able to do everything i don't need them to be a christian bale who can like you know be i I just need them not to play themselves they're not playing themselves they're playing a character but i need them to be able to lose themselves this is the conversation i've been having with them is like i need you to be able to get out of your own way that's yeah. key, right. um, because the only thing that makes uh, you know what could be good actors bad actors usually is that they're acting instead of just being. I need them to be able to be, and I think there's something really appealing about a good musician. They're kind of playing a character on stage. We've talked about that, mm. you know, and so I need them. And to me, the idea of singing is way scarier than acting, right? But I guess if you're a musician, maybe that's not the case. We've talked about this, but it it is yeah. super vulnerable, incredibly vulnerable, Protec- particularly because you've written it as well as now performing it for sure. But also, man, it was interesting watching McKaylee on set yesterday. You know, I'm or, or even our ghost. You know, it's like it was huge. I, I remember talking to David. That was one of the big things when we were casting the ghost. Is like we need to find somebody who's not self conscious about the fact that they're being cast as this old hag, right? Because she's not an old hag. She doesn't look like an old hag, but she is older. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was that hideous David, enough? David himself said as she was leaving, "I feel bad about casting as." The- as the you know the old bag but who else is gonna do it who else is gonna do it you know what and she had fun and she acted her butt off david david's back in the room david i'd like to audition this noise is the noise for uh for the old hag can i try one yeah please (laughs) that was david's that's that's going in the final cut um oh thanks david David just get left me a little gift, a little present, after a little the shoot. thank you gift. David, that is so freaking special. Anyway, David, bye. Later, Good to see you, Dave. It's been a pleasure. Been a real, been a real pleasure. David's a great guy. Everybody, we'll have him back on. Thank you. Great to meet you, dude. That was David Farino here from the Mama Bear Den. Ah, we're gonna um. What's the rest of our day look like, Uncle John? The rest of our day is packed out. Okay, you know what we're gonna do. Shortly. John's leaving, which makes me hideously sad in my heart. I'm going to be in the land of Dixie soon enough. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so John's going to be leaving. I actually, you know, this is a rare LA coincidence. I have a meeting with an accountant mm. in El Segundo, which happens to be right near the airport. Oh, that means the Segundo. The second. Mm. But I don't know why it would be called the second. The um, so I'm I'm driving John to the airport. Uh, which gonna, is we're going to take one final drive. Oh, it's going to be so exciting. LA. We're going to start that drive in about 10 minutes, actually. Are we really? Yeah. We better hit the bricks, then. We better hit the bricks. Um, John, I'm thinking I'm thinking about other things that we need to discuss. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm looking forward to recording some episodes without you in the room. Without me staring at you? I like being naked. I like being... <laughs> I like... Uh, I, don't, I don't like having to look into your eyes. No, I'm actually going to be a little bummed. It's going to be hard to go back to, uh, to remote recording, but Is we'll it make really? it... I don't know. It's nice. It's going to be hard to go back to the it's, weather. It's partly me. nice because we can pregame kind of before the episode. We right. can talk. We can get, you know. We we, uh, we couldn't talk here because we were in person. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, what else is new? I'm uh, I'm guitar shopping mm. for, for Rufus. Mm. Um, I, oh, I'm going to the venue today with a prospective production designer. Uh, still looking for production designers, talking to different people. You know, it's tricky. Production design is hard because they need money to do their job. Mm. And... Uh, we don't have much, so finding somebody who can kind of like make it work with what we have is is challenging because I, I, anyone can make it work, but they need to be able to have, they need to be excited about making it work. Mm. Um, John, I think that's. Uh, Should we wrap it? That's it. I think so. Next I'm I'm really sad we'll you're going to leave though. We'll be over Skype. Yeah, next week we'll have an, this episode. This is going to be a Friday episode, I believe. Right? What's today? Monday. Today is Monday. So we got another episode coming out tomorrow, which John and I edited together. Oh, we did. Yes, we did indeed. Um, sweet. All right. Well, John, it's been mm, so good. See you on the flip side, my friend. Bye. Bye. This episode was edited by me, my kids. You heard them in the beginning, Max and Luke. Cover art, Nate Giordano, produced by Mama Bear, which really means, say, songs, Pink Floyd, Great Gig in the Sky, good song by The Blur at the end, Interstitial Middle is Shake Your Rump by the Beastie Boys. 